sometimes people talk about buy the dip, buy the dip, which I totally agree that it can be a good buying opportunity. Like when things are down right now, if you are looking at quality buys, if you are investing into things like index funds, which means a whole bunch of different businesses at once, um, when values go down, you obviously can buy more shares for the same amount of money. But then when you get people saying things like, buy the dip, buy the dip, buy the dip, and creating that FOMO investing, I also worry that people sometimes feel pressured to put more in. Do you think that can be dangerous too? Yes, I think what was and started out as a good mantra and philosophy for many investors to follow has been applied in a way that isn't how it works. Buying the dip of the market through well-diversified index funds, where we know over time the markets go up and will recover in time. And look, if it didn't, your money is and your investment is probably the least concerned. There'll be other major <laughs> issues in the world to worry about. But buying the dip at individual stock level seems to now also be a commonly used phrase, like I'm going to buy the dip in AMC or GameStop and these sort of speculative companies. Um that is not a good philosophy. And people forget, actually, that many businesses go bust. I think over the last sort of 20-odd years in New Zealand, about 17% of companies listed on New Zealand have given investors a negative 50% return or gone bust over that 20 years. 30% have, I think 35%, actually, over 20 years, have given a return of zero or less, down to negative 100%, right? So one in three companies never even gave investors a positive return. So it's not simple to just say, buy the dip and this company will eventually be worth, you know, it's fallen from $3, it's $1, it'll be $3 again. That's not true. Um, many companies do fail, which is why diversification import is important and why when it comes to buying the dip, that it needs to be done at a market level, owning a market, owning a part of our long-term economic growth is essentially what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think this is why... I'm such a huge fan of things like the index funds, the ETFs. Um, for anyone who's listening who hasn't gone into those before, that's when we're talking things like the NZX50, which is the top 50 companies in New Zealand, or the ASX200, the top 200 companies in Australia. Um, if all of those, if the top 50 companies in New Zealand all go bust, you've got a huge problem. Yeah. We've, we've got a calamity you're probably struggling to eat. You're not thinking about your shares. Yeah. Um, one or two, hopefully not two, but one of those companies going bust can and does happen. Yeah. Um, and shareholders are often the last ones to be paid back if they are ever paid back at all. Um, so your money may just be gone. So I think that's a really important point, right? When we talk about keep going with the strategy, buy the dip, it's not something to be scared of. That assumes that you are investing for the long term and you're spreading your money through multiple companies, whether you're doing that by buying lots of companies yourself or buying into something like a fund, you do have to spread your money through the share market, don't you? Correct. Yeah. And, and diversification is the key point. The flip side benefit of diversification and likes of index funds, it also ensures that you will have some exposure to those companies that do phenomenally well. And so there's a positive lens to think about it. Is it does still mean that you get exposure, that you're not going to miss out. You may not have 100% of your bet on that, but nobody should. But you will get to participate and be part of those big success stories by being an owner of the market as a whole. 
you mentioned there about, you know, the, the one in three companies yeah. that do terribly don't give you anything back. And that's why spreading your money around because businesses that do well can do phenomenally well and they can do well so well that they will throw into shade. You know, you won't even be yeah. thinking about the ones that haven't because you're on that rocket ship. So, but you don't know which one's going to be the rocket ship. And it was about of that same time period in New Zealand. Um, it was only about 5% of companies that gave investors over that 20 years that 10 times plus return. Now, mm. oh, great, if you could find the 10 plus, but it is 5%. And equally, it's important to remember, it's hard to know this in advance. And you can't forget that some of those companies would have had a phenomenal roller coaster to end up where they were. And I don't think it's wise for anybody to be thinking about their whole retirement savings of putting it on that one roller coaster ride and hoping and, and the uncertainty and stress that would come with that as well, because it's so hard to control our emotions. And I think that's a really key message that we've been talking about, is that really good investing has nothing to do with picking individual stocks or trying to time the market or being worrying about percentages of dollars. It's habits. Habits and controlling your emotions is the most powerful thing that will drive your financial well-being. And we did a great blog on that, looking at the value of timing the market for somebody that was a regular investor. And we basically found, in essence, there is no value in timing the market over the past 20 years. And the blog sort of breaks down and shows that somebody that just put $100 a week away into the market never worried about the headlines, never worried about what was happening in the markets, had zero stress and carried on with their life had built so much wealth that the value of actually picking the tops and the bottoms and trying to be in or out of the market, it was just clear cut actually that that was the best strategy. And the nice thing about it is it's actually the most comforting emotionally. You don't have the stress of it. I guess where people kind of get confused by it is it's so simple. Is that really all it is? You know, do I just put $100 a week away into an index fund and not think about it? It's like there's got to be more to this. Like there is this whole market, like surely there is some secret source or some quick win or some sort of strategy that's got to do better. I know we're so used to in other areas of our lives, if you work harder, you get better results. And it it just pretty much just doesn't work like that in the money world. It's it's play dead. Um, And you mentioned earlier about, you know, the tech stocks and things like that where people were – waiting for people were in good times ready to invest and say profits are coming this is an amazing business model the profit will come and um i am here for a company that is going to become a rocket ship in the future it's not yet and i think what we've seen recently is a really interesting um turnaround on that as things have gotten a little crunchier as the economy has become less certain people have said no i actually want to see where's your profit now yeah and we saw you know they often talk about fang stocks for those those big tech companies we've seen those tech superstars really fall haven't we i mean what do you think's behind that do you think that will continue Oh, look, I think there's just this resetting back to some sort of normality, right? There was a huge wave behind growth in tech stocks over the last few years, and kind of rightly so, because interest rates were so low, um, you know, it it did force people to look at and be comfortable with longer-term profits. Uh, I think this is a good reminder that with all portfolios, it's okay to have some of that stuff that you're really interested in or that excites you, but the importance of having some of that really vanilla 
pouring stuff in there uh, is actually the thing that will ensure you have stability over time. You know, things like property and infrastructure, these are more defensive equities. So they may not go up as much during the sort of boom times, but they also tend to fall less. And it's not that exciting, particularly for many retail investors. The idea of owning some toll roads and some water pipes and things isn't the same as a high-tech um, you know, software company, right? But over time, they're really important. And that's why having some of that more boring stuff in your portfolio is something that investors should be thinking about. Because what we've seen over the last six months is that's where that's really helped pay off. Mm-hmm.